Sorry to disappoint you So what was your expectation? Nah, I'm just an everyday dude Oh, you expected perfection? This is what Christianity is supposed to be like I make mistakes Like, lots of mistakes I'm just trying to do the best that I can do I guess I'm just imperfectly human Welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Human Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Daly, and I want to thank you for tuning in this week. Um, I know this episode is appearing slightly later than than build. Um, I know it should have been out earlier today, but, um, you know, things happen. But it's here. I told you it was going to be here, and it's here. So before we get into it, I just want to shout out everyone that's listening on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, TuneIn, Pocket Cast, uh, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Audible, wherever you are listening to this from, I want to thank you. Uh, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite streaming platform. Um, make sure you are following on social media. That's at Daily Perspective Network on Instagram, at Daily Perspective Network on Facebook, at Daily Network on um, Twitter. You can follow me at DY Daily on Instagram, at DY Daily on Twitter, at DY Daily on um, Clubhouse, Stereo. Wherever you can think of, just look for at DY daily so for those of you that know me you will know that i am the principal consultant at yellow eight and yellow eight is a digital agency uh, we've specialized in getting people noticed and that comes in a, in a variety of forms not just uh, one of the obviously one of the most obvious ones is digital marketing but In order to make all of that work, in order to to really get value, I can get people to your website. But what is the point of getting them to the website if the experience sucks? So Yellow 8 focuses on improving the customer experience, improving the functional flow of the websites and the software applications or whatever you may be using, whether it's a web application. We make it flow better. We make it work for the people. We make the people connect to you. Um... But not just that, we also look at analytics. We look at how we create feedback feedback loops to make sure that you are optimizing the performance of your business. And that is not just your your sales process or whatever. That could be any process in your organization. If if you can track it, if you can if you can write it down and follow it, we can optimize it. We can put measures against it. We can put metrics against it. So you know where things are doing well and where things are going wrong. That is what we do at Yellow Eight, and there there is a wealth of other things that we do. Um, and I will I will over the over the course of the next uh, few months I will start to elaborate more about Yellow Eight and the different things I'll I'll start to do some dedicated episodes I think, um, but for now that's what you need to know that's what we do so that's a brief introduction for those of you that don't know me and that is a reminder for those of you that do, and you can follow Yellow Eight at Yellow Eight on um, Instagram at Yellow Eight on Facebook. 
and oh sorry at yellow eight design don't go following someone else at yellow eight design on facebook at yellow eight design on instagram at yellow eight design and that's dsgn on twitter so twitter is the only one that it's slightly different instead of design being the full world full word it is dsgn anyway what are we talking about today? Today, I wanted to do something a little bit different. I wanted to talk about um, something that I don't think really gets talked about too much. I wanted to talk about the bag, the bag, the moolah, the cash. Um, and happiness. Now, this is something that I I believe is it's an age old debate. Do you chase happiness or do you chase the bag? And I've heard so many people talking in, in recent months, years or whatever it may be. There is a lot more emphasis and a lot more focus on, oh, I'm getting the bag. I'm getting the bag. I'm getting the coins. I'm getting this. But you hear very, very little people talking about happiness oh I'm just trying to be happy I'm just trying to do what brings me joy what puts a smile on my face what I enjoy doing there is so much more focus on chasing the bag than there is on happiness so it got me thinking well what is really important which one is most important do people chase the bag because they believe that if they get the bag if they secure the bag, if they get all the cash, if they get the coins, if they stack the chips, if they make the bread, they bake the dough, then um, they can find happiness. I know that is a notion that um, people put out there a long time ago, that a lot of people, but you've got songs that say, money can't buy me love, uh, you've got things... Um, you know, there it's a it's a well known saying that money doesn't buy you happiness. So which one is it? If you make the bag, can you become happy? Or if, or is it a compromise? Is it is a trade off. Is it a one or is it one or the other? So I thought, let me have let me. I put the conversation. I put the topic out there. I I. Pro- I sat, you know, myself and my wife were in a car with the family and we would, you know, the kids were sleeping in the car, whatever, it was early. Um, and my, my, I thought, let me ask my wife what she thinks about this. So, um, you know, I said to her, this week's topic, I want to talk about happiness or the bag. And she was like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, does happiness, can money buy you happiness? If you make all the money, um, you know, if you're making money, if you're making that money that you, you believe you need, if, and when, and I guess, and she said, well, what do you mean? And I said, you know what, well, I guess it comes down to your definition of the bag. So for me, if I want to define the bag, I'm to, I guess the bag is that level of money or that level of income that gives you financial freedom. And then this is where we, we, became slightly unstuck because um I said to her uh I said well what's your definition of financial freedom because 
And my, my, at the time I said, my definition is being able to buy everything I need when I need it and never having to worry about that. And in my mind, that was a solid definition. And she was like, well, I kind of disagree. But let me, before we get into that, let me say what, what, why I went with that. So in my mind, I was thinking my needs are, I need to put a roof over my family's head. That is a need that is, that I can't do without that. I need to put food on the table. I need to put clothes on their back. I need to be able to transport them to where they need to go. These are, in my eyes, needs. I need to be able to pay for um, their education or, you know, whatever, whatever, in whatever guise that may be. Uh, um, so for most of you, well, I don't know, actually, I don't know if I've talked about it, but my children are homeschooled, so obviously... The state does not pay for my children's education. Um, we teach them. We use resources that are available to teach them. And some of these resources, obviously, we have to buy. We have to pay for. Therefore, it costs me to educate them. And therefore, it is a need because my children must be educated. So as far as I was thinking, to me, those were my needs, um, but in there, right, I think I also threw in vacations and stuff like that. I was like, well, you know, that's a need to me. Um, I was like, yeah, so I need to be able to pay for vacations and, um, I need to be able to pay for just certain things that you probably, that, you know, cer certain other things that make life comfortable, when I put my pro when I put my definition to my wife, my wife said, well, those aren't needs. And I was like, well, what do you mean? She said, well, when I was a kid, I didn't go on holiday. You know, I didn't go on, on you know, trips and vacations like that. Obviously, yeah, she had some overseas trips with her, her mom and stuff, but she was like, not holidays in the sense of how we've taken our children on holidays and Disneyland and all of that stuff. So I was like, oh, she was like, well, and it didn't kill me. So I, she, her definition was a need was something that you couldn't live without. It was essential to your survival. And she said, and a holiday is a nice to have, but it's not essential to your survival. You can carry on living if you don't have a holiday. And um, so she said, as far as she was concerned, it was more financial freedom wasn't just about your needs. It was being able to do what you want when you want and being able to buy what you want when you want to. So rather than 
what you need when you need it. She said what you want when you when you want to. And it got me thinking. Um, obviously, that definition is slightly different for each individual. And we went back and forth and, uh, you know, I had to agree with her point. Um, whilst I class those as needs, because in my eyes, they were essential to maintaining um, good mental well-being. For me, anyway, I felt a family vacation away from the hustle and bustle and away from life as we know it and away from our norm was essential to maintaining perspective and maintaining a healthy relationship with our environment. So I saw it as a need, she saw it as a want. I came to respect her perspective because true what she said was true. You didn't need it to survive. I mean, case in point, no one has really been able to travel as they did because of the pandemic. Anyone that wanted to go anywhere, it's, it's been shut down. Um, in, in, insert the sceptre tune there if you want. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do it, but hey, you know what I mean? Shut down. Um, yeah, it's been shut down. No one was going anywhere. And that was that's the reality of of where we're at. But it hasn't killed any of us. Um, some would argue that, you know, some people have gone absolutely potty being trapped in their house and um, not being able to. But I think that's wider than just, you know, it's more it's not going on vacation, going on holiday. It's more not being able to interact with human beings in close contact. That's what's driven some people crazy. Um, but the reality of it is a vacation is not an essential part of your life. You you will not die if you do not go on vacation. Um, so it made me reassess that, that, that angle. So it got me, you know, again, it got me thinking, well, what... What is finance in my mind? What is financial freedom? And my conclusion was financial freedom is different to everyone. I think I've said that before, but it is final financial freedom is different to everyone. So I'm going to settle on that definition of what you want when you want. I think that is um, encompassing enough for most definitions, but. If we once we settle on that and we focus on it and we say, okay, it's what you want when you want, then if you are able to buy what you want when you want, does that make you happy? Um, and I think on the surface, we all say, of course it is. Why why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it make it make us happy? I mean, I could I could buy whatever I want, I want I can do whatever I want. Um, of course I'm going to be happy, but I would say that to a certain extent, at some points in my life, I have had that financial freedom. 
I have had the ability to buy whatever I wanted whenever I wanted it. Did it make me happy? And the answer for me was no, it didn't make me happy. Because although I had the money to do these things, I had I didn't have the time to do the things that I wanted to do because I was I was working ridiculously long hours. Um I was even when I was at home my mind wasn't really at home because I was focused on a project somewhere or something was going on. Um to the point where in 2016 I had to take I took a uh, let's see a 7 or 8 month career break to explore other projects outside of my traditional career and that was a great experience and I realized something there that that I got in that time I got to spend far more far more time with my children I spent far more time with my wife Uh, I worked out every day you know, consistently, I was able to cook the sorts of meals I wanted to cook. Um, you know, I did all the things I wanted to do whilst the money lasted. And that's an important point. Um, but whilst the money was there to allow me to continue to do these things without really worrying, um, I was happy. I was spending f- way more time I was I was enjoying things and none of these things had anything to do with what I was buying myself because I wasn't buying myself anything at the time I didn't buy myself a new car I didn't buy myself a um any new watches or new clothes or anything of the sort it was all about the experience for me, I was working with my wife. We were working on, on a project together. Um, so that was great because not only were we did we have quality time at home, we had quality time when we were working and we could, you know, have some deep conversations while we worked. Um, we, were, we were together all the time. It was great. I had quality time with my children because I was taking them to school. I was picking them up from school. Um, I was around in the evenings and we would have dinner together and we would have loads of conversations. Um, We did stuff on the weekend together. It was great. I went to the gym with my wife again, another more time that we spent together, even though we don't work out together. um, But we were at the gym together. You know, she could come over and talk to me for in between sets or whatever she was doing. Um, there was times we could in, interact and it was great to see each other just working out and, and working on ourselves. Again, great experience. And I realized that it was the experiences, not the things that I could buy that brought the happiness. And that kind of coincides with what I've been reading in terms of a lot of research papers. And, you know, the research says that, you know, Money, the things that make, the things that bring us true happiness have 
intrinsic value. And that's, the value is specific to us. It's, you know, every item holds a different level of intrinsic value to an individual. So let's put it this, let's look at it this way. I love music. I love making music. I love listening to music. I love music production. I love music production equipment and everything about music. I love recording equipment, audio equipment, even podcasting kind of fits into that world for me. I love those things. So they hold a certain value to me, an intrinsic value to me that it's different to say my wife who is not remotely interested in the while she enjoys music she's not remotely interested in the creation of it or the equipment and and all of that stuff that stuff hasn't you know doesn't hold any value to her um but she loves hair hair product her you know all things to do with natural hair that there is a different level of happiness that comes for her in understanding the processes and the science behind hair and all of those things whilst for me it's cool I enjoy it but it has a different intrinsic value for her than it does for me so as I start to understand this I realize okay so the things that bring us happiness have intrinsic value money has extrinsic value so basically it holds the same value to everyone globally or um there's a baseline everyone understands that there is there understands the importance and has the same requirement of money so it's you know it's not unique to an individual now when we look at when we look at it from that perspective then money isn't money if the intrinsic value things are the things that give us happiness money is does not fall into the cat that category so money does not bring us value or, or happiness sorry um so how how does money relate to happiness and it's for me it's it's quite simple it's Money is a facilitator. Money is there to be used. And I think part of the problem, or let me put it this way, the Bible says that the the root of, the love of money is the root of all evil. Meaning when you put money on a pedestal, when money becomes the thing that you worship, you chase, you live and breathe for money then it opens the door to all kinds of evil and that evil doesn't and you know evil to me will never equate to happiness um and that's not to say and people always get it confused people always say that money is evil money is not evil money is an inanimate object it it can't be evil Money can't be evil. The love of money is evil. When you will do when you are willing to do anything for money, that's where the evil comes in. 
So if money is a facilitator, then how can money be used to bring about happiness? Um, We go about thinking that, well, if we use the money to buy things, we can buy it. You know, we that brings happiness. The things that we buy will make us happy. But it's been proven that these things that we buy, the objects that we buy, the objects of our desires, uh, the new cars, the new watches, the new clothes, they have short term effects on our happiness. You are happy. And I, I can talk about this from experience. I bought a Land Rover Discovery fresh off the lot um fully kitted tvs all of that stuff and the day i picked it up i still remember that feeling it felt amazing i was like yeah my new car it was i loved it i loved it i was on a high a month down the line I didn't care. Don't get me wrong. It was still a nice car. It was still cool. It was still whatever. But it was just a car again. The effect that that had on me had worn off. I needed a new high. It wasn't long lasting. And even now, whilst I can still remember the the feeling... I don't, it doesn't make me happy. It's not something that brings me joy. And, you know, if I'm being honest, I look back on it with frustration. Frustration at myself because I think at that point I was still immature in my thinking. Um, And I'll explain why. A mistake that a lot of people make is that they believe that the people that they see driving around in big flashy cars and some a lot of that, uh, especially celebrities, they think that these people pay for these cars. Some do, the majority don't. Why? Why would why wouldn't they why would they pay for it? I mean, if I am a car manufacturer and I have a globally recognized individual interested in my car and I can say hey you like this car you you really like this car okay let's let's do a deal I I will give you this car we will give you this car but what we want in return is that for the next six months we don't want you to be seen in any other vehicle but this when anyone asks you what car you drive you mention this and for them that is there is no greater form of marketing than that all that all it's costing them is it's not costing them remember it doesn't if the car retails for let's say 150 grand it didn't cost them 150 grand to make that car. Not at all. Especially if they're mass produced. It did not cost it cost them a fraction of that. So the cost to them is not is something 
that is completely outstripped by the value that they will get by that individual promoting that product for them. It same goes with clothing, same goes with jewelry. Um, why do I need to spend if I have someone that's super interested in my product that is a globally recognized celebrity? Why should I spend masses of money on a marketing campaign when I can have this person market it for me for free? Because they are going to be snapped by paparazzi. They are going to be seen. They're going to be interviewed. They're going to be asked these sorts of questions. And we've just, I've just got them to agree that if I give them the product for free, they will, they will constantly mention my name, my product's name. What better marketing can I get than that? That's like an endorsement from a celebrity. Hey. You do the, you do the maths. So um, anyway, anyway, I've kind of gone gone off slightly, but because a lot of people see these people, they aspire to do the same. Um, I think for me, the frustration comes from the fact that I believe that I fell into the trap that these luxury goods and luxury products could bring a level of satisfaction and prestige and recognition. And whilst the badge carried prestige um, and, you know, people would look and believe me, the car was a head turner. Why was I pouring so much money into a depreciating product? You know, it was costing me a ridiculous amount of money to run the vehicle it cost me a ridiculous amount of money to buy um and it was it wasn't bringing me any value if you count value as you know people going oh i really like your car okay thanks but that was that was of zero value to me that wasn't bringing me new clients or anything of the sort. So I quickly had to reassess where I placed my value. And I think the p- pandemic helped with that shift in thinking. Um, when you see a vehicle sitting on your driveway and, and it's costing you and you're thinking, well, I'm not driving, I can't do anything with it. You quickly assess, you know, how important it is. And I saw one thing that I do is I like to study people and I like to study successful people. And a lot of successful people do not waste their time chasing these frivolous things. They invest and they put their money into things where the money will continue to work for them. Putting money into a vehicle, putting money into a um, into certain luxury goods, though that money once it's gone, it's gone. That item will not bring you any return. It definitely will not yield what you paid for it, unless you're buying something like a like a, a vintage car. Uh, vintage wine, something that, you know, you're never going to drink it, you're never going to drive it, you're never going to use it. 
those kind of products obviously they appreciate in value because they are collectibles but your run-of-the-mill standard car or everyday use watch or whatever that is not going to appreciate in value it will only depreciate why pour so much money into it so my my thinking shifted why spend money on those things where i could be investing more whilst i had small investments and i you know i had my investments going but the money that I I was pouring into those things could go into bigger into could go into it, you know, into creating a better portfolio. That was the thinking that I had to adopt. Um, so, you know, over the last year, I have been re-strategizing and 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 I'm now thinking, you know, I'm now implementing um, a new plan. For my hard earned money and reshaping my strategy. And this is one of the things that I, I, you know, about imperfectly human. For me, it's about transparency. I'm never going to come on here and tell people that I've, I'm, you know, I've got it right. I've got that perfect formula. I'm, I'm smashing it on all accounts. This is a journey that I am taking live. And I'm sharing my experiences with the people that listen to this. So I have made mistakes. I speak on the mistakes that I've made so that someone younger than me who is in a position where they may just be considering those things will not make the same mistakes. Invest your money into things that will continue to work for you. Make the money work for you if you want to slow down in life and find financial freedom then you need to create multiple streams of income where the money is your money your capital is generating residual income for you that is income that you do not have to work for um, not things that are going to suck away every last dime from you. Because when you get to a point where you have a level of residual income that can replace your primary income, then guess what? You don't have to work as hard, meaning you have more time to enjoy experiences and when you have more time to enjoy experiences enjoy holidays enjoy um oh well, you know cookery classes or whatever it may be that interests you music lessons snorkeling snow um, skiing i was going to say snowing skiing but you know all those things that certain people enjoy i don't enjoy skiing i don't see what fun anyone derives from sliding down the side of a mountain in the cold sorry um but when you get when you are in a position where you can in, spend more time doing these things of course happiness is going to come because you're creating memories that will last with you forever the money is not going into things that will disappear, wither, and 
and lose their value. They are go. They are. They are going into the money is going into um, quality time with the ones that you love, or quality experiences that you will be able to share with others. Um, one of the other things that I discovered to be super important about you know happiness from a financial standpoint is the freedom and this is this was my and I kind of say the best for last in my opinion but this was my wife's biggest goal for financial freedom the ability to do for others she didn't say the ability to give money to others she said the ability to do for others to be able to help others in ways that you wouldn't be able to if you didn't have the financial freedom. I think it's easy to give someone some money, but when you do for them, and when I say do, I mean it's you know that experience that you share the experience with them, you involve yourself in their process, in their life. So you become invested. That's it. You make an investment in a person. I think that is a magical thing. And obviously it takes financial freedom to be able to invest in other people. But the reward in investing in other people is immense. And I don't believe we should just go out to invest in other people because we want to make ourselves feel good. I think investing in people should come from a place of wanting to make a difference in people's lives. I think that's something for me that I strive for. I want to make a difference in people's life. One of my long-term goals in life is has always been and rem- today to this day remains the same um is to be able to um open up an orphanage of some sort in uh, West Africa and Nigeria in my home nation in my mother nation um, I would love to be able to to start an orphanage there I would love to be able to see the kids that we help go on to flourish to become f- successful members of society um, I would love to be able to impart my new thinking in terms of education on these children on these children of these children and making them future leaders of the future who will pass on this same principle to other people and other children and pass on this this new way of thinking where we lose this focus on a system a schooling system and we focus on education and we focus on skill development rather than academic knowledge um there is nothing wrong with acquiring knowledge but whilst we acquire knowledge knowledge on its own is useless if we do not acquire skills to complement that knowledge and i think part of the problem that we have today is that so many people acquire knowledge and so many people focus on just passing exams and getting great grades but there is no emphasis on the skills that are being developed at the same time 
Um, I really wish I could elaborate on that more and, and, and really dig into that one. But if you are curious and want to know more about my thoughts on the education system, uh, by all means, hit me up. I can do an episode on that. We can talk about the education system and why I think the current schooling system is detrimental to the creation of entrepreneurs and why it's it has a negative impact on entrepreneurship it kills entrepreneurship in my mind I believe that that's what it the schooling system was actually designed for it wasn't designed to make to create free thinkers it was designed to sift out um, those who are great at taking instructions and those who are great at administering those instructions to others so who are the managers who are the workers the system was designed to filter those people into those categories and then indoctrinate them into those into those systems um, because schooling system was created in the industrial age to create more workers for industry Anyway, we're not going to dig into that. That's not what this was about. This was about talking about happiness and happiness in relation to the bag. And I know this has been, it feels like we only just started talking about this and we might have to do a part two. But for me, the takeaways, the takeaways, money does not bring you happiness. Money is a facilitator. Um, Don't use the money to buy items to to fill a gap but focus on the experiences that you can have um use the money to 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 drive those experiences um use the money to change the lives of others use the money to make things happen i think when we do that that is when we will truly see the value that's out there to be gained from money anyway I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Imperfectly Human podcast. Uh, Once again, I want to apologize that it's slightly delayed, but I hope you were anticipating it. I hope you were looking forward to it and I hope you have enjoyed the episode. I will be back next week with another episode for your listening pleasure. And as I said last week, um, the Daily Perspective podcast is on pause. For how long, I do not know, but right now it feels indefinite. But um, anyway, I'm going to leave things there. Connect with me on social media. And I will catch up with you next week. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Imperfectly Human podcast. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast. You can do this on your favorite streaming platforms.